Christian Medical and Dental Associations hope you enjoy today's chapel message. Well, it's great to be back with you again. Thank you for having me. What a privilege it is. I always love it when I get a chance to come to CMDA and be with you guys. And uh, I, re- I saw on the schedule that I was following probably one of the greatest communicators in our area, Scott Price. And so I've known Scott a long time. And, uh, but he and I like to give one another a hard time. And I'm thinking... Well, hope, hopefully he don't watch this and he thinks okay of me uh, still yet at the end of this. Anyway, um, but y- y- wonderful man of God and Scott Price, uh, for sure. I want to share something with you today that uh, I, I'm, it's not going to be one of those pretty messages tied up in a bow where you get all of the right points because I'm going to talk to you about a topic that a lot of times you don't hear preached about much Uh, Or if you ever heard heard it preached about, sometimes it comes off in the wrong light, I think. Uh, And uh, recently, I have been studying this out. I've been teaching on it. It's it's really kind of consumed my thought process over the last little while. But I want to begin by reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1. And it's just that one passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness, and here's the phrase, in the fear of God. In the fear of God. What a crazy, crazy thought process of the fear of God. That's, that phrase has kind of consumed my heart. And uh, I've done a little bit of study on that, and I recognize, I looked at, it, looked at that phrase, the fear of the Lord, or what I like to call the holy awe of God, is mentioned in the Scripture more than 200 times. It's amazing to me that it's mentioned that much, and yet you don't hear a whole lot of messages on it, or at least I haven't. Maybe you have where you're from, but I haven't heard a whole lot of messages on the fear of the Lord. Now, again, this passage starts out with therefore. You don't start out, a, if you're writing, you, know, you don't really start out with therefore. It's a connecting adverb to what was previously mentioned in chapter number 6. And what was previously mentioned was about holiness, the holiness of the Lord. But then those last three verses of chapter 6 is quoting from the Old Testament. And quoting the Old Testament and then connecting to promises, it's a very interesting thing. Those three passages of Scripture in each one of those uh, verses, verses 16, 17, and 18. 16 comes from Exodus 29. 17 comes from Isaiah 52. And 18 comes from 2 Samuel chapter number 7. These Old Testament scriptures are incredible because they also obtain not just the, the holiness of God, but the fear of the Lord in them. And it's, it's, and it's an incredible uh, thing. Now, I'm going to leave that for just a second and just share a little bit with you and then hopefully come back. And what I hope happens is that the Lord really begins to get a hold of your heart to look at the fear of the Lord, maybe in a different way. And I brought a little resource for you today. I've got actually 30 of the 200 verses, 30 of the 200 verses that's connected with a promise from the Lord. So remember, he says, now, therefore, having these promises, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting or pursuing holiness in 
the fear of the Lord. So let's, let's move forward in a little bit for this. Her go-to way of getting the promises of God sometimes are usually faith and prayer. Nothing wrong with faith and prayer, but the Bible doesn't say all the promises of God are obtained by faith and prayer. It says that all the promises of God are yes and amen, but sometimes we use faith and prayer like it's the only combination that we're to use to unlock the promises of God. But the truth is, is that there's actually a few things, few ways that you unlock the promises of God. Yes, faith and prayer is kind of a, the, the basis of that, but the Bible also talks about obedience. Obedience is one of the ways that you can unlock the promises of God in your life. In other words, God says he'll supply for you, but one of the ways that you unlock that is the obedience of giving and, 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 and tithing and those sort of things. But that's... Again, here's one of them, though, that is the, uh, the fear of the Lord. And it's something that is found in his glorious presence. So, again, the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all of his promises are a yes and amen, but the, own, the combination to gaining potentially 200 promises that's connected to the fear of the Lord means that you and, me, you and I have to learn what the fear of the Lord is. And, and that's extremely important. So, number one, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you can, you, your faith is elevated by hearing the word of God. Obedience, we know that if we're going to uh, obtain some of the promises of God, obedience is, is very important and we got to obey consistently, instantly, when it doesn't make sense, when it seems that there's no personal benefit in it. Uh, we... we want to obey the Lord, but the fear of the Lord is cultivated in the awe of who he is. When, when, when you are getting into the presence of God, the, the glorious presence of God, when you begin to get revelation of the enormity, and of course, it's a vast enormity. It's, it's hard to imagine the greatness of God, but you begin to develop the Fear of the Lord by being in his presence. So in order to kind of illustrate a little bit, let me just talk about the fear of the Lord from this standpoint. And I'm going to first relate it to um, the way I kind of see it uh, as I've studied it out. I told you that it's, it's, it's kind of like an awe, an awe, but there's more to it than that. <clears throat> when I think about the fear of the Lord, it's hard for me not to think about the way I relate to my wife. Now, that's interesting. It's probably a little bit interesting uh, because I, I, I fear my wife. <laughs> Not because she could whip me. She's just a little bitty thing. Um, I'm going to skip a story where I started to tell. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to skip that. <clears throat> um, I, what, what I fear about her has to do more with how I see her. You see, we've been married for 30 years. She's been, she's been wonderful to me. The thought that if she left me, that I would have to be alone is terrifying to me. The idea that I would have to go through life without her is something that is, again, I'm not afraid of her in a sense that she would be mean or aggressive to me. It was, it, it's like, what would life be 
without this lady that, I, that we have children together. We've built a life together and that I adore and that she adores me. And I think I relate to the awe of God in that sense, in the sense that it's not a terrified of him. It's terrified of being away from him. It's terrified of the fact, where would I go without God? To whom would I turn without the Lord? Would I turn to the gods of this world who cannot do anything? There, there, there's, you know, the Bible talks about the gods of this world who having, they don't have eyes, they don't have a mouth, there's no such things of the gods of this world. We only know the other god of the prince of the power of the air being the devil, and who wants to go to someone that steals, kills, and destroys? The terrifying fact of being away from God. I feel like that's the essence of the awe of God, and so that's how I relate to it. But to try to explain to you today the fear of the Lord in its entirety would be like trying to explain to you the love of God. Because when I talk to people about, hey, the fear of the Lord, immediately they go to uh, respect or reverence. But that'd be like talking about the love of God and say, well, the love of God is kindness. Paul talked about how unsearchable is the love of God. The height, the breadth, the depth of it. It's, it's an unsearchable thing. It's so enormous. It's so amazing. It's so incredible. And when I think about the fear of the Lord, it's the same way. So I've got a few things about the fear of the Lord that I pray that will be helpful. And hopefully it really stirs your heart to say when maybe you pick up one of these little pieces of paper, God, how do I understand the fear of the Lord? Let me give you the first one. Preparation for leadership. God tells Moses in Exodus 18 that he's going to be able to lead those two million plus people only by the fear of the Lord. In other words, you got to do what I say, Moses, because you're going to face enormous obstacles. You're going to go through all kinds of things. And you cannot allow the issues, the stuff, the people, the people of the lands with which you will travel to deter you. You have to have this such an awe of me and respect of me that you will not be able to lead them unless you have the fear of the Lord. So I want to talk to you about that for just a few moments. I've jotted down a few things. The fear of the Lord is not scared of him. It's terrified to be without him. It's respect and reverence, yes, but it's also desperate love and longing. It's that sense of awe. In fact, if you look it up, the Hebrew word for the fear of the Lord or the phrase of the fear of the Lord really has to do with awe. It's, it's where we get the word awesome, but we say that about pizza too, right? Man, that pizza was awesome. The, oh, this was awesome, but the only real qualification for that which is awesome is when you get a revelation of God that just leaves you awe-stricken of who He is. So it's to tremble with wonderment. It's stunned by His presence and His Word. It is full attention to who He is in, in esteem, in honor. To reveal, to adore above all things. It's giving him praise and worship. Not that we are used to giving, but that he truly deserves as a result of recognizing who he is. And when you develop the fear of the Lord, it eliminates all other fears. Now listen, I know that in the New Testament, John says in 1 John, perfect love Casts out fear. 
And I recognize that. But the unfortunate thing is, is that when we see the word fear in our English-speaking culture, when we see it, sometimes we relate it to the wrong things. We relate fear to that which is going to harm, that which is going to create destruction for us. And so we made up song, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. And that's a noble thing to say, I don't want to have fear in my life because it creates anxiety and depression and it does all kinds of things. It can paralyze you. Yet the appropriate types of fear will keep you at a 2,000 foot cliff from stepping off of the ledge. The wrong types of fear can be paralyzing, but the right kind can be helpful. When we're talking about the awe of the Lord or the fear of God, I want to talk to you of, of the understanding that if you have the fear of God in your life, it eliminates all other fears. The fear of man, the fear of the future, the fear of death, the fear of lack or loss. Because when you have the fear of the Lord operating in your life, when you recognize the promises that are related to the fear of the Lord, if you recognize those and then cultivate the fear of the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 33 that the fear of the Lord is God's treasure. In a prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah 11 and 3, it says that his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. The delight of Jesus was in the fear of the Lord. It's why that when all of the great people that he came before, the people that was even the high priest and the leaders that were to be respected or awed, he was fearless because the, the, the zeal of the Lord or the awe of God, the fear of the Lord was his delight. Solomon, who our Bible teaches us was one of the wisest men to ever live. You read his writings. Somehow he goes from this, this amazing guy who started well, but man, he goes down a spiral. And he writes about his spiral in the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you look at that book, he's like, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And he searches out all of these things and he talks about how vain they are and it has no meaning and no purpose. He's gone to being this cynic, critic. And somehow by the time he gets to the end of it, God has given him a revelation. Somehow God has brought him back to an understanding and next to the last verse of the book he says this is his summation of all of life verse 13 in chapter 12 says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all oh faith and prayer is an amazing thing and instant obedience and committed obedience is extremely important. But don't ever forget the fear of the Lord because those, 
those three things are powerful, but the fear of the Lord was God's delight and Jesus's, Jesus's true passion. It was the delight of the Lord and God's treasure. So let me share with you some of these real quickly that's connected to the fear of the Lord. And I'll finish up. Preparation for leadership. Receiving of the Lord's protection. Honor. Watch this. And I want to be careful with this because I'm not a prosperity preacher. Because I believe you prospers, your soul prospers. But there's a promise in Psalm 112, Proverbs 22 that talk about the fear of the Lord in wealth and riches. Sometimes we only think of Malachi 3. Give, open windows of heaven will be open and that's how it will come into your life. But to do that absent of the fear of the Lord is, I think, partial obedience. And to me, partial or delayed obedience is pretty much disobedience. Um, God will tell us his secrets. Talking about the, the secrets of the Lord are revealed to those who fear the Lord. That's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes we want God to shout at us, but he says, I'm only going to share the secrets with those who are willing to come up close. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus is teaching about the kingdom and the disciples, they're just like, I don't even understand this whole seed stuff and this sowing of seed and all what all that's about. But they go to him privately and says, Lord, what did this mean? And he said, it's for you to know. When did they know when they were willing to come close in a private way? The eye, God's eye will be upon you. You will have no want. You will be delivered. You will, he will, God will show you his mercy. He will have compassion on you. He will provide food for you. God will fulfill your desire. God will take pleasure in you. God will bless you and your children. God will bring you close. God will store up goodness for you. God will teach you the way that he has chosen for you. God will hear your cry and rescue you. God will prolong your days. God will give you strong confidence. These are just some of those promises connected to the fear of the Lord. So therefore, brethren, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and let us pursue holiness, perfecting it in the fear of the Lord. I hope that your appetite is somehow wet a little bit about the fear of the Lord because it's something so wonderful and we almost see it as okay, I just got to be scared of God. I'm afraid he's going to squash me like a bug and he's he's always he's kind of like he's waiting for me to mess up so he can just kind of smack me around a little bit, straighten me up and fix me. No, it's the awe and the grandeur of who he is and say, if I don't have that and if I don't do that, I have nothing. Right? So I pray that the Lord will bless you with the fear of the Lord. Can I pray for you? Father, thank you for the more than 200 passages of Scripture connected to the fear of the Lord that brings us to places of great promise and provision. Lord, I'm thankful for faith because without it, it's impossible to please you. God, I'm thankful for obedience because you give us those ways with which we can follow you in an obedient way. But I'm also thankful, Lord, for the fear of the Lord that is cultivated in your presence when you show us through your word and through your presence just who you are. And it creates that sense of awe. 
and the idea of being terrified to be away from you, even for a second, for any reason. God, we want to be in your presence, and we walk in, want to walk in the holy fear of the Lord. And I pray that you would stir us up in the holy awe of God. I ask that for all of us in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.